1: Welcome to another edition of Political Rewind. I'm Bill Nygut, and as always, I'm really happy that you join us for this Friday edition of the show. I was thinking this morning that um, even at a time when we are watching the high-stakes runoff for the U.S. Senate, um, even as if we've just gone through a Fulton uh, County court judge's ruling uh, that's thrown the state's abortion law uh, up in the air even with all the other political news that's been happening, the untimely and, and stunning uh, death of uh, Speaker of the House David Ralston still looms large as something that people in the world of Georgia politics continue to talk about. And, and we're going to do that on the show today with some of the people who knew him best. And I also wanted to say, as I introduce everybody, that I know that there are many people out there who don't agree with all of the things that came out of the General Assembly, out of the House, under his leadership. But I think one of the reasons that um, he has such respect, he's thought of so highly by so many people, um, is that he presided with dignity, he was respectful of his members, he listened to them when they um, came to him uh, with concerns about maybe personal matters, but certainly legislative uh, issues that they were dealing with as well. And yet he also uh, governed with a firm hand, which in the Georgia House is essential to keeping order. So uh, instead of me talking about this, let me turn to the people who knew him uh, much better uh, than I, starting with um, the dean of the Georgia House of Representatives, uh, Representative Calvin Smyrie. Calvin Smyrie was first elected to the Georgia House when he was 26 years old in 1974. He is the longest serving member of the House and uh, has announced that he would step down uh, from that job and did not run for Re-election, uh, but Calvin, you worked very closely with uh, Speaker Ralston, and so I'm especially glad you could be with us today. Thank you so much. Uh, we've got to get Calvin back. We're not hearing him right now. Let me. Uh, we'll get c- Calvin back. Let's let's introduce the newly minted Majority Leader of the Georgia uh, House, Chuck F. Stration, just one election to that position um what it was it earlier this week uh chuck that's right on monday i was elected majority leader and thank you for having me today bill as always chuck uh represents house district 104 it's in the heart of gwinnett county i think decula lawrenceville auburn brazelton bethlehem all parts of uh, his uh district uh mary margaret oliver uh Democratic representative from uh, Decatur is with us as well. Mary Margaret, uh, you worked very closely, especially this last session with David Ralston. He chose you to be one of the leaders putting forward a landmark uh, mental health bill, which we'll talk about in some detail in a few minutes. But thanks for being here. Good morning. Calvin Smyre, I think you're with us now. I just mentioned that you are the dean of the Georgia House, having been first elected in 1974 when you were a 26-year-old young man from Columbus, Georgia. Thank you, Calvin, for being here. He's still not here. (laughs) Okay. Well, let's start uh, by talking about uh, Speaker Ralston, uh, if we can. Um, Chuck, uh, you uh, are on the leadership team that he, of course— I think in many ways probably uh, was a role model for you uh, as you were coming up in in the House. So talk a little bit about your uh, feelings about David Ralston, what he meant to you personally. Uh, just share with us your general feelings right now. Speaker Ralston came to work every
2: day with a desire to do good for Georgians. And um, I'm personally saddened uh, by, by his death, but... I know that there are many, many individuals outside of the Capitol who um, are are sad by his passing and recognize the longstanding legacy of good that he's done for this state. Um, He was an incredible mentor, role model for me. He was also my friend and was a very approachable individual who cared about um, other other people, worked in a bipartisan manner at the Capitol, and I think we'll see uh, the Fruits of his good work for decades and decades to come in Georgia.
1: Uh, Mary Margaret, let me give you a chance just to make some general comments too.
0: The Speaker Ralston and I came to the Senate together, uh, in the nineties and we served together on the Senate judiciary committee for six years. He showed up every day and I learned that he was a, a good, respectful technician of legislation, a very good lawyer with a wide breadth of experience. We both ran statewide. Uh, we both lost on the same day. We both went back to our law offices and, uh, m- totally unexpectedly for me, we returned together in the house and we've been friends 30 years. I have a house in Fannin County, so I've read his newspaper um, and we talk a lot about Fannin County politics. Um, it's a real personal loss for me but it's much more much more
1: importantly a loss for Georgia. Uh, Jim Galloway, um we've got we're going to bring Calvin Smyre back in in a minute, but you covered Cal uh, um, uh, Speaker Ralston uh, as I did for a long time a- as he was a member of the house and as he made his um, ascension in the ranks. So so what were your initial thoughts when you learned of his untimely passing?
3: Uh <clears throat> deep sadness and 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 uh, a, a worry for, for the, uh, where the state might be headed, uh, quite frankly. I mean, I mean, I mean, you have to uh, you, ha- you have to look at uh, David Ralston's death in, in tandem with the departure of, of Calvin Smyrie. These are the, 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 they were the stalwarts of the House. Uh, I, th- I think everyone will agree. Uh, and, and they, they engaged in, in just project after project together. Uh, and 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 that's you know that's that's one thing I would I, I, I would like to 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 hear Chuck uh, speak to quite frankly is 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 it, it looks like although David Ralston the speaker, speaker Ralston may be gone I'm, I'm hoping his his team kind of re- remains in
1: place. I do want to talk about that, but let's do this. Um, let's hold off for just a couple minutes on that because Calvin Smyre, you are with us now, um, can you, can and I think me? Jim Galloway. Uh, we hear you loud and clear. Thank you for joining us, Calvin. Um, I'm sorry we had a few technical issues at first. Calvin, Jim Galloway just made the point that, uh, despite the fact that you've been a longtime Democratic leader in the House, and of course uh, David Ralston, uh, a Republican, uh, you two did work very, very closely uh, together. And and I think it as as Jim points out, Republicans would acknowledge your Partnership with him, I think, in a very positive way as well. But we're we're going to we're starting by giving everybody a chance to just say a few words uh, that they you want to about the speaker. So it's your turn, Calvin.
4: Well, thank you, Bill, for for having me. And uh, when I, you know, uh, several weeks ago, uh, the speaker called me and we had a we just had a, a catch up conversation, just talking, and uh, and he had just um, ended about with COVID and uh and we were just catch, catch, catching up um and just saying hello to one another and uh and then when i got the call that he was not um going to be uh seeking an election to the speak i knew that uh, it, it, things had become more serious and then when i got the call that he had passed it was um uh like all of those on the call i was just stunned and uh, we had a great friendship we had a great relationship we worked together we trusted one another and the politics aside, we had our, of course, differences because it's on different sides of the aisle. But when it came time to, um, to do the heavy lifting and to uh, do things that may be transformational and bipartisan, uh, we had a tremendous working relationship. And, and uh, I, like the other legislators, uh, know that he will be sorely missed uh, in, in the legislative chamber.
1: Um, I want to play some sound that relates to you, Calvin, uh, for everybody to listen to, because I think it sets us up for a conversation about the fact that even at times when there, there are legislative bodies, including the U.S. Congress, where toxic partisanship has prevented people from working together across the aisle, uh, Speaker Ralston was one of the people who uh, made efforts to be um, uh, inclusive. And, and Calvin, uh, the sound we're going to play from an interview that Donna Lowry of Lawmakers did with him right after uh, it was announced, you announced, that you would not seek another term in the Georgia House. And she asked Ralston to talk about you. And then we're going to hear your response because Donna then showed you on an iPad what Ralston had just said about you. So we're going to hear David Ralston's voice and then very... Uh, and, and, and later in this sound, we're going to hear your response.
5: Calvin Smari is truly not just in Georgia, but on the national level, a master at the legislative process. He's a statesman. He truly is. You know, he, people will never know the, the times that he and I interact. On issues behind the scenes, and 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 he has been a rock for me to kind of lean on. And you know, and when I hear people talk about term limits, do, do, who could want a s- system that would deny you a Calvin Smiley? Not me. And I often tell him, I, I said, you know, I know that. There was a speaker here that served, you served with longer than me, but there's not been a speaker here that's loved you as much, or relied on you as much as I have. I've had a long career, and uh, I've had a lot of friendships along the way, and, uh, but I've been truly, truly blessed. And um, uh, David Ralston has has been a true friend to me, Calvin,
1: I, I, I imagine that hearing that now that David Rawson has passed away um, is a very, very powerful uh, reminder of the relationship the two of you had.
4: Yeah, it makes it, ho- makes it very difficult to follow that. Um, uh, again, uh, uh, as uh, my colleague, uh, Representative and Representative Mayor Margaret Olive will tell you, um, um, Politics aside, uh, Roster was a, a gem to work with. He, he was straightforward. Um, he understood what his position was. And uh, I always like to say that uh, we try to be tolerant of one's opinions. And uh, uh, we have to have respect for one another. And, um, and I, I told him, I called him after that uh, interview, that I, I appreciate the kind comments
1: and, and I still appreciate them today. Chuck, when you think about Ralston's career, um, give us some sense of what you think are the most important uh, issues that he guided you all through during your time in the House.
2: Well, Speaker Ralston's uh, leadership in the General Assembly, and it's not just the House of Representatives, but really being a leader for our state um, has brought about many items that I think are of important note we have gone through a period of unprecedented economic growth uh, job creation uh, very strong budget you look at when the speaker came into office and the budget difficulty at the time and now Uh, with uh, budget surplus that we face in our state ready to weather any economic storm in the future. But also think about issues that really matter to people and and things Georgians care about, but maybe they don't poll high when when you ask about issues. Adoption reform, ensuring that children in our state uh, and parents who want to adopt are able to do so in a process that's straightforward. Um, addressing mental, the mental health issue in, in Georgia. Uh, the Mental Health Parity Act, which I know others on here are going to talk about, was huge. And to do that in a bipartisan, unanimous manner was, was really big. Working on transit, working uh, to address maternal mortality and major issues in health care. There are many, many issues that Speaker Ralston worked on, his willingness to see the big picture, to really consider what, matters to the lives of Georgians, Uh, regardless of their partisan affiliation, where they're from, rural, urban, or suburban, he was there to help and to do good. And he did a tremendous amount of that uh, in his speakership.
1: Mary Margaret, uh, Ralston's uh, one of the most important pieces of his legacy is going to be passage of the mental health uh, bill, uh, which was something he turned to you to work with him very closely on.
0: It was a privilege to have that uh, appointment as what he called co-pilots. Todd Jones and I were the Speaker's co-pilots for his bill. House Bill 1013 was sponsored by his name first. I was sitting at the Behavioral Health Commission meeting on Thursday afternoon presenting our recommendations for the 23 session to continue the work when I got the message that he had passed. Speaker Ralston was a very strategic politician, but he was able to combine it with very authentic values and perspectives and love of Georgia. When he talked about the mental health bill, he was very consistent um, in the year, year plus, that we worked together on 1013. He always said that families need help, that he was tired of not being able to help people who are in crisis with a mentally ill, substance-abusing relative. He always gave credit to Cherie. He always said, uh, Cherie tells me we have to help people. We can't just think about elections. And every time he said that, it felt very authentic from both of them. And he always strategically said, this has to be bipartisan. And he, I think he recognized that any major piece of legislation – any major policy had to be bipartisan. You can't come up to a major piece of policy shift or change or enhance from one party. And he cared about it very deeply. He also, again, was such a good technician, such a good lawyer. And the, the times we looked at very specific language and drilled down on various sections of 80-page bill, Um, I always was heartened by the fact that he was in charge and tracking it and being very supportive and very consistent. It's a major piece of legislation. It's recognized nationally, and we are not done. The appointment of Kevin Tanner, who had a strong partnership with Speaker Ralston, the appointment of Kevin to be head of behavioral health this week, signals that this will be an important legacy of his long and very productive career. Jim? Yeah,
3: if, if I could just throw a little history at you. Back in, uh, back in, in 2005, uh, when Republicans first took over the House, uh, what happened was that you had this, this team of, of, of Republicans from Washington fly down to Atlanta to, to kind of structure, to teach, teach House Republicans how to run a chamber uh, in the Gingrich fashion. And in, in the Newt Gingrich fashion, and and there was the adoption of uh, the the Hastert rule, named after House Speaker uh, Denny, Denny Hastert up, up in D.C., which meant that no, no no bill hit the floor unless it had the support uh, of uh, the majority support of its uh, of, of the House Republican Caucus. So so uh, fast forward ten years to twenty fifteen. And when I, when I, that's, I think that's when I first really got my fur my, my uh, a good measure of, of David, David, Ralston. When, when, uh, uh, the house passed a $1 billion transportation, uh, uh, bill. It was, it was, it was, it was the first infusion, big infusion of money, uh, the state had seen in roads, bridges and rail in, 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 decades. And afterwards he, he, he had a, he had a press conference, uh, and, and, uh, he came out. He, he basically he he gave John Boehner, who was a speaker at that at that time, a lesson in in how to how to how to how to defuse the the highly partisan nature of of of, of politics. Uh, and, and the first the the first thing he said was that I always have to remind people that I am the elected leader of my caucus. I am not their prisoner. And so he had to take he, and he and he did take uh, the caucus in directions that it didn't want to go. Sometimes he had to bend to the caucus, but not always. Uh, he, he, he 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 would he would t- he would tell his members that he can't always he could not always protect them from hard votes uh like like uh for h b four four eighty one the the abortion bill uh you had you had women in the in the house who were uh, republican women in the house who were just in tears over that uh, having having to deal with that and and the last one was uh the last thing he said after that, the the passage of that transportation bill was that the 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 d beside uh the the names of opposing uh member, members of the opposition party doesn't stand for demon uh which uh, in, in, in 2015, that was saying something.
1: Yeah. Um, Calvin, uh, let me pick up on that a little bit, if I may. What there, There's a little bit of history that uh, Jim skipped over. When, after these national Republicans came down and told Republicans how to run the House in that Gingrich uh, style, uh, you went through some tough years with a Republicans, a short-term Republican speaker— who did try to run the House that way. Um, Ralston, I think, took over, my recollection is it was 2010, uh, and changed the tone from that more hostile approach to the opposing party. And yet, Calvin, as Jim points out, there were certainly measures, like the heartbeat abortion bill, like permitless carry, which um, were difficult for, Democrats and, and, and perhaps a great many of independents to swallow. And yet the respect for Ralston uh, continued despite all that, Calvin.
4: Well, Ralston, you know, and, and, and Jim, the one that I like to, to think about and talk about is the is the transportation and how transformative that was. And uh, and I'll never forget uh, when we when we first uh, uh, talked about that. Uh, and and how he felt uh, about it, and uh, and 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 all the things that we had to go through to get the final passage. If, you know, you could it, that was a very storied uh, uh, event, and uh, but we were able to uh, garner uh, all of the um, uh, the bipartisanship we had, we had to muster to to bring that across the, the finish line. I remember having a discussion with him because. Uh, uh, uh when he asked me to sign the bill, I, I, I told him I couldn't sign it uh, because I was trying to work with my uh, caucus members. And, uh, and uh, well, if you couldn't sign it, then I couldn't be on the conference committee. But after we got through uh, the process, he called me and said, uh, I'm, gonna, I'm putting you on the conference committee and that difference between the House and the Senate. And again, that was an example of him rising above the political fray, and uh, and because a, a lot of people didn't want me to be on the conference committee because I didn't sign the bill. I didn't sign the bill because the members of my caucus wanted to have a, a role in determining in the the, in the input on, on the legislation. But eventually he put me on, on the conference committee, and uh, everything worked out, and we, we got one of the major bills uh, of, the, of the Ralston regime as Speaker.
1: Calvin, before I ask uh, uh, Chuck and Mary Margaret to jump back in, tell our listeners why that measure was so important. Calvin, have we lost you again? I'm sorry, I misunderstood you. I thought you was asking uh, uh, Representative I, Margaret. I, I, just very quickly from you, why was that bill so important? What did it do? Because
4: it gave it gave us an opportunity to to, to uh, announce a 10 year plan on transportation and infrastructure. You know, it's not one of those items that that rise to the top. When I first got elected, transportation was at the top of the a uh, 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 public policy poll. But, but Mayor Margaret Oliver will tell you, it shifted some, and and, 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 and and Speaker Ralston brought it back, and, and Representative Estration said the same thing. We never would have, had it not been for the transportation, we would have not been talking about transit. If We're not talking about transit, we would have been talking about regionalism in terms of transportation. So, so that's why I say it was transformational, because it brought transportation back into the quality of life issue that it has been for a long, long time.
2: Thank you well, for I that, just- Chuck. I just, there's two big things that really come to mind. First of all, Speaker Ralston wanted to do big things, really do the work that it took to impact Georgians' lives to make it better. He was not about surf, uh, personal self promotion, he was about public service. And I think that that really shone through in a lot of what's being discussed here. When big ideas were brought forward that might not be supported by even a whole caucus, I uh, carried the anti-hate crimes bill and worked with Dean Smiry on that, where the uh, first vote, you know, I was really working with within my own caucus. And we ended up getting a vote on that due to Speaker Ralston's leadership and getting that passed in 2019 before the murder of Ahmad Arbery. The leadership of Speaker Ralston to do big things because it's the right thing to do and get it done. I think kept respect within the chamber when we did have very controversial issues come up. Members knew that his love for the House and his love for uh, good ideas being debated and discussed in the chamber, the deliberative body, was really what we were all there to do. And despite tough issues, there was always respect for the Speaker and the role that he had to play in leading the
1: chamber. I'm really glad you mentioned the hate crimes, Bill. Because I think uh, many people will remember that Georgia was one of the few states left in the country, I think there were five of them, that had never passed. Well, there, there was a hate crimes bill passed here in the early 2000s that was overturned by the state Supreme Court. But then for a period of well over a decade, every effort to uh, pass a new bill uh, failed. Um, and it was only, uh, Chuck F. Stration when you took over the bill and were able to work across the aisle to finally get Georgia to be um, among the majority of states that do have hate crimes legislation. And Mary Margaret, I want to ask you about that. How is it that even, as I said, in the midst of some of the most controversial legislation to come out of the uh, Georgia General Assembly, the heartbeat bill, uh, permitless carry, a few other measures like that, how is it that you are all able to work together as collegially on so many measures as you do when we see what happens in in Congress, the inability uh, for people to work together, what, what's the magic there? And it does strike me in a way as there's some magic involved.
0: Speaker Ralston loved the job. He loved creating legislative products. He loved the politics of it. He loved the substance of it. And again, as, as both my colleagues have said, he liked doing big things. Um and it's a combination of skill and temperament. Temperament was very important in the way the House is operated under Speaker Ralston. He never, to me, I sat on the front row and I was close to the podium, could really eavesdrop on a lot of different conflicts going on around him when we're on the floor. He never lost his temper. He was always respectful. Now I knew when I was rising to uh, be recognized and he would almost always recognize me, he knew if I was asking something that he didn't want to be asked uh, that his tone would change he'd become more stern he would become a little bit shorter, but he never lost his temper and he kept uh, an ability because he didn't lose his temper because he didn't uh, because he was respectful of everybody in the very very tense moments of the General Assembly, we were able to move forward. Uh, the public doesn't really perceive or just see. They can watch it on TV, but on those last 18-hour uh, days, the last six hours of day 40 sine die, you see groups of legislators going up to the podium. He is managing, you know, from three or four to 20 different disputes intensely being argued real conflicts that are below the radar or on the radar or major only thing the press is looking at and he manages that respectfully without losing his temper and i think as exhausting as difficult as is he loved doing that and it showed that he obviously loved it and did it well
1: jim now i think is a good time to get to the point that you wanted to make you you ask the question of uh, with Ralston uh, no longer with us, with Calvin Smiry, uh being uh, gone, there's still Mary Margaret and and Chuck Evstration who have been able to work together. Uh, obviously, but the, you do raise the question of what kind of changes are we possibly going to see in how at least the House does business.
3: Uh, yes, we had uh, with uh, uh, Chuck was was uh, elected majority leader of, of the House uh, on Monday, John Burns. Of of South Georgia was was elected uh, uh, elected uh, will be the next speaker, uh, which kind of con- continues the the, uh, the 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 Georgia tradition of uh, of rural uh, leadership, of uh, in 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 the in the in the state capital. Uh, so I, I guess my, my if I could just toss it to Chuck, I, I would like to know if if if. Uh, the speak, uh, speaker Ralston's kind of style uh, is going to be emulated? Is it, is it something that's, that's, that's going to stay with us?
2: Well, as I said earlier, huh? speaker, speaker Ralston was a role model to me. I considered him a mentor. I served as chairman of Judiciary Committee uh, when, when he was Speaker, and that uh, someone uh, that's a position of, of trust, certainly. I, I will just say this, that I campaigned for majority leader on the message of continuity with Speaker Ralston's speakership. The type of leadership that he has provided in the Capitol is the example, in my mind, of how to do it right. And I think that uh, I'm very excited by the leadership team that we have now coming into place. We uh, we have rural and metro uh, members who are serving in the leadership team of course I live in Gwinnett County the speaker pro Tim uh, lives in Fulton County um, uh, speaker pro Tim nominee so we have uh, a terrific team ready to get to work and many members were part of uh, part of leadership um, in the in the Ralston administration you
1: know Chuck I said on the show yesterday that your election as majority leader you um, did in fact suggest that you you in that role would continue uh, in his moderate style uh, and as you take a leadership position. And I said one of the reasons for it is, of course, um, you're living there in the heart of Gwinnett County. All around you, uh, uh, parts of the county have turned bright blue. And, and so in some ways, Chuck, um, your positions... Your philosophy, how you will be serving as majority leader, has—it's got to be uh, uh, done with some consideration to the fact that there are people. Your some of your neighbors are on the other side of the aisle from you.
2: Well, I I don't hide the fact that I'm a conservative Republican. I believe very much in limited government, low taxes. I believe—I believe these things deeply, and I talk with them about folks. uh, Talk with that uh, about that with individuals who ask but I, but i do also think that the job that you have as a member of the general assembly is often about seeking middle ground working out compromise it said politics is the art of compromise and working to get good products done no one member is going to get 100% of what they want. You need to have relationships with all members in the chamber so that you can work together collaboratively to do good things for, for the state. Speaker Ralston, in my mind, is a role model of how to do that right and how to do that effectively. And I just feel very blessed to have uh, had a chance to serve with him and to develop my legislative career watching his leadership.
1: Calvin, as you, as you move on, um, what are your thoughts about how the? it's likely the House will move forward? Do you imagine the same uh, collegiality, the same uh, cooperation will uh, uh, be in place, even as there are very, very controversial measures debated? You know, I can't speak to the future, but I can say this as it relates
4: to uh, Representative administration becoming a uh, mm-hmm. Majority Leader, I can remember when he and I were working on, and others were working on the hate crime, I was uh, in my car headed to Brunswick for a rally. Uh, it was right after the murder of, of Almond Arbery, and uh, someone called me, and, and uh, they had the mother uh, on the phone, uh, of his mother on the phone, Ms. Cooper, and, um, and, uh, and uh, at that time uh, she talked to me about citizen's arrest. Uh, and that's what we need to be focused on. And I gave him my word that uh, we get through um, hate crime, uh, we will uh, tackle the arrest next. When I hung up, I called Speaker Ralston right there in the car, told him my experience with uh, 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 Albury, uh, Albury's mother, and, uh, and he agreed, let's get through this. And my next conversation was with uh, Representative Estration. And, uh, and we agreed that after we got the hate crime bill up, we will come back the next year and take up citizen's arrest. And when we took up citizen's arrest and we passed it, she came to the press conference. So to me, that's the kind of continuity, that's the kind of, of uh, chamber I think uh, uh, it needs to be, uh, 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 that's the kind of working relationship I think we need to have uh, as it relates to the state of Georgia.
0: Mary Margaret? We have about 40 new members of the House coming in, and they don't know David Ralston, and they don't know the history. And we coming into the Senate. Um, Lieutenant Governor Bert Jones is a very different kind of personality than Jeff Duncan or uh, Pierre Howard that um, Speaker Ralston and I served with on the Senate side. I, I think it's a lot of unknowns. Uh, Bert Jones' identity as a, election denier and a fake elector. I don't know how he's going to transition into something that looks like a unifying figure in the Senate. And as my colleagues know, the competition between the House and the Senate is very determinative of a lot of the different politics that go on, whether Democrats are in charge or Republicans are in charge. John Burns, though, is a gentleman who is a respectful personality to people. He has um, a history of being a very good legislator and House member and leader. Uh, I think he's incorporated. uh, He represents in many ways the personality of respect in the political world that on many hours of the day is not respectful to each other. Uh, He's going to have to build his relationship not only with the 40 new freshmen, uh, most of uh, Democrat and Republican 40 new folks. He's going to have to reestablish his basis of power based on his personality and his agenda. And I'm hopeful. Uh, I feel like he has a good opportunity to, to make this transition. Uh, I'm worried about many different things coming from the Senate side. And I'm also worried about, um, and I think David Ralston would have been the person who really intuitively understood this from the political losses he's had. The Democrats are very disappointed right now. We're coming into a session with some major disappointments. I really thought we'd have Stacey Abrams as our governor. So John Burns has a lot of things to handle, and he has a good opportunity, the team around him, to start making this transition.
1: Jim, we're going to have to get to a break uh, because I'm really late for it in a minute. But I think Mary Margaret said something I do want to pick up on. Um, uh, Bert Jones will be lieutenant governor. Uh, in recent years, we know that the Senate has been the far more conservative body than the House. The House has had to fight back on any number of measures, Ralston being the leader of that effort. And uh, it appears that uh, with a Bert Jones in charge over there, it might be even more contentious, uh, if that's possible, uh, than it has been in recent years.
3: Right. Uh, I mean, aside from the fact of, uh, uh, aside from the his activities uh, in in the days uh, uh, leading to uh, to to the January fifth election and the the January sixth insurrection in D.C., uh, Bert Jones was one of the the primary sponsors of the breakaway movement for the for Buckhead uh, out of the city of Atlanta, and that's that's going to be one of the first things that I'm going to be. It, it's something that that Jeff Duncan, the lieutenant governor, stopped. But uh, David Ralston was also uh, uh, understood very, very, very well that uh, this was, was not something that was going to move. So I, I want to see whether that moves or not.
1: All right. Uh, we do have to get to a break. But Calvin, I know you have to leave us. And before you do, I want to give you a chance, if you'd like, to say a last couple of words about David Ralston. Well, by the way, um, uh, uh, Chuck Efstration pointed out to uh, uh, us uh, before the show uh, that uh uh, Governor Kemp has released a statement. We don't know about the the uh, the uh, schedule for the funeral, uh, what arrangements are being made, but we do now know, Calvin, that at some point, probably before Thanksgiving, Speaker Ralston will lie in state at the Capitol. But your last words before we let you go, Calvin.
4: Well, I think that's most deserving. Uh, uh, he was, as my statement said, a giant pine tree has fallen in, in the Georgia House of Representatives. Uh, uh, had a lot of respect for uh, uh, Speaker Ralston. We had uh, we shared many, many, many conversations about uh, the activities in, in, in the public policy of uh, state of Georgia. And uh, I just want to say to my two, my both of my colleagues, how much I've enjoyed uh, work with both of them on many, many issues in collaboration with the Speaker. And uh, and Georgia is a better place because of his service. Uh, he knew the arch of uh, public policy and he knew how it bent. And uh, and I'm just um, honored to be able to have worked with him, and uh, and called him a friend. And um, uh, we mourn his his passing, and um, uh, we look forward um, um, to uh, to continue the working relationship he enjoyed. So, colleagues, thank you all for for all that you all have done in your service as uh, state reps. Uh, I want the audience to know you're talking to two of the finest in the General Assembly. They both work hard.
1: I I said uh, at the top of the show that uh, Speaker Ralston served with dignity. He was respectful of uh, the people around him. He listened to them. Calvin Smyre, you've been every one of those things uh, as a leader in the Georgia House, and uh, you're going to be missed greatly. In that body, I know you don't like to talk about it, but uh, we do want to say, as we uh, say goodbye to you today, we wish you well. Uh, You are the president's nominee to be the uh, ambassador to the Bahamas, so we'll watch that closely. And Kelvin Smiry, thank you so much for joining us. uh, Thank you. Let's move on. Take a break. We're going to come back. Talk about it. (laughs) We're going to talk about another uh, leader stepping down. In this case, Nancy Pelosi. In a moment. State Representative Mary Margaret Oliver joins us today, as does a majority ele- a leader-elect Chuck F. Stration, uh from Gwinnett County, and Jim Galloway, of course, is here as well. By the way, Chuck F. Stration, I did not know until I was reading your biography again the other day. You are well-suited for this new responsibility. You're an Eagle Scout, Chuck Efstration. I was very impressed to see that. <laughs> First visited
2: the capital, state capital, at a young age uh, with a group of scouts, and uh, and uh, I guess
1: it stuck with me. That was a good, uh, good introduction for, for me long term. <laughs> it's That's a very big deal. All right. Um, Nancy Pelosi, of course, announced yesterday she's stepping down as a speaker of the House. She served two terms as speaker served twice as speaker let's listen to a, a few of her remarks and then talk about what it means that she will no longer be a leader in the u.s house
6: scripture teaches us that for everything there is a season a time for every purpose under heaven my friends no matter what title you all my colleagues have bestowed upon me speaker leader whip There is no greater official honor for me than to stand on this floor and to speak for the people of San Francisco. This I will continue to do as a member of the House, speaking for the people of San Francisco, serving the great state of California, and defending our Constitution. And with great confidence in our caucus, I will not seek re-election to Democratic leadership in the next Congress. For me, the hours come for a new generation to lead the Democratic caucus that I so deeply respect. And I'm grateful that so many are ready and willing to shoulder this awesome responsibility.
1: Jim Galloway, of course, Uh, Nancy Pelosi, the first female speaker of the United States House of Representatives, obviously a very controversial figure. Demonized by some for many years, uh, as in election campaigns, particularly, uh, but revered by Democrats who saw her as being able to pass legislation when nobody else ever thought she could do it.
3: Right, with 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 a margin with a margin that. Uh that Kevin McCarthy is likely to have uh, come January uh, the, 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 uh, uh, just, a, just a handful of votes. Uh, it seems to me that, uh, you know, uh, uh, he might be happy that she's hanging on. She, she could teach him a few things.
1: <laughs> Mary Margaret Oliver, um, uh, weigh in on your thoughts about Nancy Pelosi uh, stepping down.
0: Nancy Pelosi and Speaker Ralston both grew up in political families. They had a lifetime of love of politics. Uh, They had a lifetime of respectful relationships, despite the way in which she was demonized. You don't get to be where she got. Uh, And she made several points in her comments that she went from a stay at home mom to being in Congress, raised five children before she ran her first election. She's an amazingly skillful politician, as obviously we've discussed Ralston is. Uh, Obamacare passed because of her. I think President Obama understood that. And the contribution that's made to provide insurance for 20 million Americans um, is huge. I was looking forward to David Ralston being on the floor with us as a member. And the fact that Nancy, that sadly won't happen. Uh, Nancy Pelosi being on the floor of Congress Is something that will be very, very, I think, positive to what extent they're able to uh, improve their decorum in terms of uh, respectfulness. I think that it will be very positive. Her contributions are unique, Uh, they're significant, and the fact that she did as a woman, um, I'm very, very excited about to watch her trajectory. And the fact that she was demonized and the fact that she was really horrifically in, in certain segments of um, the far right or the not-so-far right, um, was the, the way she was treated or regarded by them is, is still a part of misogyny. It's a part of, the uh, obviously, the divide in, that's more prevalent in Washington uh, than it is in Georgia, I'm guessing. I don't experience Washington, but it certainly looks bad from where I sit. Uh, I think we owe her a lot, and I'm proud that she was conducted herself in the way she did as the first woman speaker.
1: Chuck, um, in much the same way that de- uh, Republicans, I mean Democrats rather in the state House didn't agree with some of the measures that were passed by Republicans under David Rawson's leadership. Uh, certainly Republicans in the US Congress are not happy with some of the things that uh, uh, that Nancy Pelosi, the Democrat, did. But it is interesting that she's staying on at age 82 to represent her district in San Francisco. Um, she, is, uh, she wants to work. She's like you all talked about Ralston, somebody who continues to want to work on big ideas. One of her mottos, uh, you may know, Chuck, is resting is rust. And she shows that by saying she'll represent San Francisco for at least one more term.
2: Well, the um, Democratic leadership in (laughs) Washington in the House of Representatives Uh, both the the, uh, majority leader and the speaker have announced they're not running for leadership positions. And so there's really an opportunity for Democratic members uh, in the House to uh, step forward and put their vision out there as to what direction uh, they should take. As we discussed in your show before, Bill, uh, within a caucus, there are are many varying uh, viewpoints as to What what direction is best or what messaging is appropriate under the circumstances? Um, I think that it's going to be very interesting to watch uh, between now and the new Congress convening. Just uh, just who the leadership slate is and then how the speaker election plays out. Uh, As uh, the listeners know, the entire House will vote on that. So that will not be
1: determined until until the Congress sits. Yeah, we know that Kevin McCarthy, of course, is going to be the uh, Republican choice. He already is. He's been nominated for that job, but he's got to have uh, 218 votes. And who knows what might happen when the election takes place with some of the far right members of the Republican uh, uh, conference uh, not too enchanted with him. Jim, I want to remind people of something that happened that uh, with Nancy Pelosi that involved uh, Ben Jones, a former congressman from the 4th district. Um, is this, she was fearless. We know that. And in 1991, she went with Ben Jones and one other member of Congress to, to Tiananmen Square. This was, of course, after uh, we saw the standoff between the tanks and students. And standing in Tiananmen Square with Ben Jones, she unfurled a banner that said, to those who died for Democracy. She really was fearless.
3: Yes. Yeah. Yes, and and, and uh, I've always been puzzled why it was Ben Jones who was there because he represented yeah. <laughs> he, he he represented Decatur. This is this is this is Cooter of 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 the Dukes of Hazard. Uh uh and, and but but uh, this this was Pelosi's. Debut really in in national politics to to a large degree, and you could very well understand why she was concerned because because she coming hailing from San Francisco, it has a large Asian population, has a large Chinese population, and uh, and of course uh, Taiwan or not Taiwan but uh, Hong Kong uh, had yet to be handed over uh, to, to the Chinese, so there was a, a lot of angst about that.
1: Uh, By the way, very quickly, as an update, uh, even against uh, many voices here in this country and the Chinese government, she went to Taiwan uh, just a couple of uh, months ago in a similar kind of uh, move to show where she stood on an important international uh, issue. We got to get to a final break. Back with more in a minute. Quick note, the Democratic caucus in the U.S. House is apparently about to make history again. Hakeem Jeffries will be the first African-American um, a minority leader in the U.S. House. Uh, Steny Hoyer and Jim Clyburn have already stepped aside uh, because they recognize that Hakeem Jeffries really looks like uh, uh, the job is going to uh, be his. We've only got a couple minutes left, so very quickly, uh, Chuck Stration, you first because your party won. Uh, all the constitutional offices. Uh, You won the governorship again. Um, What is your hope for what you'll be able to accomplish? If you had to choose one or two things that you really hope to do with the uh, 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 governor's office in your hands again uh, and and the house in your hands, what are you going to work on most most, uh, uh, importantly?
2: Well, what I heard Governor Kim talking about on the campaign trail was focusing on the economy, ensuring economic opportunities for all Georgians, and also public safety, ensuring that Georgians remain safe, that there's a prioritization uh, to support law enforcement. I expect that these issues are ones that we'll continue to focus on at the state capitol, and I'm very excited for the legislative session beginning in January.
1: Mary Margaret, you've made your disappointment already known. You were a fierce supporter of Stacey Abrams. What's next for the Democratic Party in Georgia? And what do you think will happen with Stacey Abrams?
0: Economic development is based on education and health care. And until we have a more equitable system of giving educational opportunities to all our citizens and delivering health care in a way that's more equitable, we're not going to enjoy the economic development we deserve for all our citizens. It's a disappointing loss of elections, but we go on. Uh, we go on. And I am very confident that Stacey Abrams will have a brilliant future, whatever she chooses to do.
1: Jim Galloway, we are almost out of time, but the uh, AJC today did a story quoting Bernard Fraga, our friend from Emory University, who's often on this show. It looks like the reason Republicans were able to sweep all of those offices is uh, turnout among uh, blacks and other minorities for uh, for this election was uh, far too low for Democrats to be able to win. That's something Democrats are going to have to deal with uh, and Republicans are going to have to build on moving forward.
3: Right. Yeah, and you have to wonder how the how the, the the Stacey Abrams formula will be tweaked over the next two years to to, to to see how that might be
1: accomplished. All right, we are completely out of time. Um, Jim Galloway, Chuck F. Stration, Mary Margaret Oliver, thank you so much for being here on this final show of the week. I hope you have a very happy weekend, but I really appreciate the wonderful conversation. That's it. We're back again with a brand new show on Monday. In the meantime, I'm Bill Nygut. Take care, stay healthy, get a flu shot if you haven't had it, and a COVID booster wouldn't hurt either. Bye, everybody.